As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back, everybody. We are now on show episode 32. You want a piece of me? <laughs> I like that. So these are um, very good socks. Oh, here it is. Here's where they say it. Yeah. See it? So we're back with Justin. As you can see, Holly is not here this evening. And um, Justin's got in his little nest his little uh, cocktail. Me, I have my little tea. And I'm all buckled in, and I am ready for you to deliver the goods. Okay. So let's go. Today, we have a theme of... <laughs> you got me worried. <laughs> yeah. Money. Money. Okay. Well, that's Money. It's certainly better, better than the curveball he was throwing at me earlier. <laughs> Okay, let's get into it. I'm ready. Jerry, here is some background. My parents are addicts, and I have separated them from my life. I have been on my own since 18, paying my own rent, bills, working two jobs at a time while in college, completely independent with no support from anyone. I am now 24. I have finished college debt-free and have a great-paying job in my field. I have worked so hard to be where I am. I do not have to worry about money with my job. I spend freely and save while also paying my bills with no problem. I am also miserable, all caps, at my job. It is a very toxic environment, no holidays off, etc. I am usually very bubbly, but the past two years that I've worked here have really taken a toll on my personality, and it is also starting to take a toll on my mental health. I am beginning to become depressed. I have overcome many things in my life and never have I felt it was affecting my mental health like this. I have been applying to multiple jobs and received an offer for a state position. After going to the interview, I see that this job would be amazing for me and comes with so many perks. This job is a completely different atmosphere. It has wonderful benefits, much more paid time off, paid off every holiday, a pension plan, early retirement, and it's close to home. The list goes on. I really want this job. Unfortunately, there is a salary cut and there is no negotiating as it is a state-funded position. I will be able to pay all of my bills, but I would need to be careful and have to start to budget money. 
Side note, I have an amazing, healthy three-year relationship. We have lived together for two of the three years. This man is the love of my life. We do not argue. He has never raised his voice to me, never treated me with anything but true respect. He is a dream come true. (laughs) Parentheses. Honestly, my boyfriend reminds me so much of Justin from the show. (laughs) We constantly talk about getting married, and I believe an engagement will happen any day. My boyfriend tells me that he wants me to be happy and to take the job. He can see how my current job is affecting me so much. My boyfriend says that he will help me financially and that I can lean on him. I do believe that happiness is worth more than money in the long run, but I am super scared to take this jump. Do I take a pay cut for a happier life and mental health? I have always only had myself to rely on and am so nervous about the possibility of needing help from someone else. I've never had anyone to help me financially, and it is a very uncomfortable feeling for me. I know I can trust my boyfriend, but I do not know any other way than being independent. I find comfort in knowing that at the end of the day, I can take care of myself alone, so knowing I may need help is overwhelming. How do I let go and partially rely on someone else? Is it okay to do this? And is taking the job a good idea? Boy, this is an easy one. Let's hear it. Well, first of all, I am, I'm amazed by you. You, uh, you have certainly seen all the obstacles in your life. You have certainly seen a way of life that won't work for you. You did everything, made yourself all on your, all on your own. You're in a great place, except for one thing. Who wants to live their life in misery? Right. That is... That's a no-brainer. You don't. You uh, Money is not where you're ruled by. Happinesses and experiences in life will get you to the next level, not the job that you don't like. So I say that if you've been offered the new job, and even though it's less money, uh, trust me, I've in my family, I've witnessed this. I've seen people come out of school, go to... Uh, take six-figure jobs with big bon- with big signing bonuses. And uh, a year and a half later, I had a similar phone call from my nephew and said, I'm leaving. I'm going to Florida. I'm going to work for the government. I'm taking a, uh, a 50% pay cut. And he says, you may think I'm crazy. And I said, I don't think you're crazy. I think you've thought this out, and I really do believe that um, you're going to grow, and you're going to get all this new seasoning. It's like a great steak. You know, you just put a little more pepper, a little more this, a little more that, and it makes you a better person. Yeah. So don't uh, think that this is the end of you making money. It's you beginning to get out of a job that was going nowhere, that was causing you depression, causing you not even want to wake up in the morning, basically. So go Go work for the state. Go enjoy your life. Learn. Get Go into a thing that you've never done and have new experiences. And we don't know where next year or two years or five years you'll be. Right. You may decide that this is the job that you want to have for the next 20 years. And I'm sure every day will make it a little different. You'll be excited and you'll grow. So yeah. I say go for it. And um, I'm proud of you. I'm with you, especially at 24. This this doesn't necessarily have to be your job forever, but 
I'm finding as I get older in my older years now. Okay, you are old. Right. And, you know, I'm starting to feel like a little bit in the back and places. So, well, you know, we took those training wheels off your bike last <laughs> week and now you're just a whole new guy. I really think, and it's just been I, like, I try to live this way every day is there's nothing like happiness. There's nothing like just feeling good and mm -hmm. feeling mentally strong and not having some draining, dark energy, bad job stuff going on. And what can you take with you when you go? Well, you have your experiences and all the things that you did and that made you happy. Mm -hmm. You're not taking the money with you. Mm -mm. So any day of my life, I would take a pay cut to be more happy. Mm -hmm. Obviously you need a baseline to be comfortable. And I think a big part of that, especially in this relationship is learning to depend on each other. And I think that's a big part. Morgan and I have been through this a lot with when Morgan was having trouble finding work and doing things. And now like, as I'm trying to do certain things money-wise, she's taking care of us in other ways. So it's, it's a balance and it, and it can be uncomfortable, especially since you've only solely relied on yourself. Mm -hmm. But I think once you stop letting that kind of hinder you and you let yourself fall into this a little bit more, I think you're going to be just fine. And I think it'll deepen your relationship too, because it just, you grow together. She may not be making, even if she was on her own, she may not be making the money she did make, but she's still making enough money where she can still live and do exist and have her life. She just can't be as uh, free with money. Sure, It will teach her a little, little tighter budget, but hell, all she was doing with the money before was 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 uh, supplementing her happiness by probably shopping because she was miserable. Right. Yep. So you'll have a good time and just really truly live life without without with, without carrying that boat anchor behind you. Yeah. Because that's just not any fun. Yep. You can't go swimming with you know with uh, a thirty five pounds of weight with no wetsuit. I mean, you're just going to be sinking and that's what you're doing with, with your uh with your job now so good luck to you and let us know how you're doing in the future and i'm sure that every write-in on the comment lines coming when this thing airs they're going to say and you go girl you yep. do it yeah this one this one makes me feel good it, like it is a feel good yeah so good luck to you and and we're with you okay next one good start it's a very good start as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, number two. Hi, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. I need help figuring out how to transition into my adult life. 
I, 22 female, just finished my university undergraduate degree. I'm currently living... All right, number two. Hi, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. I need help figuring out how to transition into my adult life. I, 22 female, just finished my university undergraduate degree. I'm currently living at home with my parents, but we do not have a very good relationship. I was planning on moving out this fall, so September 2022, but decided to take a year off school to work before entering my master's degree. Because of this, I am not moving out of the city I am currently living in. My master's program is in another city, so it was easy to reason why I had to move out. The issue is, I cannot figure out if moving out is realistic or not. I hate living at home and it is not really ideal in my life, but moving out is a lot of money and it is helpful sometimes to have my parents help me with my dog. I do shift work at a group home for troubled youth and sometimes I just need a day of doing nothing to breathe and I can never get that at home. What do I do? Do I suck it up for another year and live at home to save money? Or do I move out and deal with money as I move forward? Any advice would help greatly. Well, unfortunately, we can't have a discussion with her. But if we were to have a discussion with her, I would ask you this. What is the, uh, the root of the issues you're having at home with your parents? Where is the conflict? And let's just, you know, for argument's sake, let's just say that you um, have a discussion with them and find out really where their frustration is if you don't already know. I'm sure you already know their frustration and we may not be hearing it. I, I do think that if nothing can be solved, obviously, with your parents and living in this uh, environment of toxicity, that apparently it sounds like you're making some money on this year off. So if you're making money in this year off and you may have to maybe get a second job, if that's the case, I'm sure you can find a roommate mm-hmm. and move in with a roommate. That relieves the pressure from your parents. Yes, you are going to feel a little extra squeeze because now you got, you know, put on the, those big girl pants and you got responsibility to go, you know, do what you got to do to survive and live. And that's, you know, welcome to the world. We, we all have to battle it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with getting up and going to work. And I, I, I kind of feel that your work is very stressful only because of the emotional drain that it puts on you. If this is what your, what your job is going to be with your master program, I think you also have to identify if this is a function that you could really do all your life. Because if, you, if, it's, if it's draining the sugar pile doing this kind of work and this is what it's going to be, you got to think twice because you you got to repl- you got to replenish that sugar pile. You got to get joy from your work, re- at least where it's rewarding, where you don't feel the the constant depletion. And it may be rewarding. It just might be, uh, you know, it just might be harder to kind of take that time off and relax and get a day to yourself when you live at home. I think well, that's that. Then maybe that that's again having a conversation with your parents, so they are they're on on track with you. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I'm the parent that says I'm, I'm there to do whatever you have to do in the reality that your parents are like me where they want to help you and they want to, but they're also looking for some, some respect back from you to them. 
I think it's a conversation to to both everyone get on the same ride or yeah. planet uh, to to accomplish the goal because I'm sure they're very proud that you're that you graduated and you're making strides to um, to get the, you know your next degree. Yeah. So, like I said, I wish we were able to have a discussion with you a little bit, but I would definitely say have a conversation, and if if it's just not going to work. You already know you're going to be getting a, a roommate. You're going to be watching your um, your money for a while, and and you're going to be working one or two jobs and be prepared for it. Yeah, because this is the time you're building that foundation for your life. Life gets easier after you you know you start building you know your client base and you start building you know this is a business basically. Yeah, I'm realizing I should have read this. <laughs> as part of the the main story, but just some additional info here. Okay. Uh, I make around 3000 a month and rent would be about a thousand. I live in a small city in Canada. So rent's a lot cheaper than when you, than where you are from. Yeah. My relationship with my parents has never been good. My mom and I fight a ton, but me and my dad are pretty good. He has just stopped getting involved. So it's harder now. I'll have to move out no matter what in September of 2023 as I deferred my master's program to then. So if I do stay living with my parents, it will only be 14 months. But at the same time, I have wanted to move out since I was 16. I have almost no savings as I had to pay all my tuition, but I've paid off most of my debt already and have a steady income where I can pick up a lot of shifts. I, I I think you know the answer to this one, and only because your mother's and your relationship is so strained, and I don't know where her issue is. I mean, sometimes we don't know what makes our parents trigger, and, yeah. and not everybody is, you know, has their balance. And there's obviously something toxic going on between you and you and your mom, and I. If you can't figure it out, then yeah, the healthy thing to do is blast. Yeah. Get out of there and go get a, get a roommate if you need to. And that will help with the costs and you'll have a good time. Just make sure if you do get a roommate, someone hopefully that you would know and you could make it work. And uh, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. I think this is another case of kind of choosing more happiness. Mm-hmm and less money or more money and less happiness. Mm-hmm. And I think under these situation, under this situation, I think the 14 months, I think, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a decent chunk of time to not be happy. Yeah, no, I, I say you, you, you move out, make a plan to go do it, do it sweetly, peacefully. Yeah. Not out of anger or bitterness. I think it'd be fine. I think that it might even, you know, your mom and your dad may be having issues that you are totally unaware about that's causing your mom's bitterness and that will cause them that they're going to have to face those issues Yeah, and, you know, resurrect their relationship. It might make her happier or, or at least make some changes there because if you are the excuse for her misery and it's not really, you have nothing to do with it, you're going to be out of the picture. She's going to have to deal with this stuff on her own. That's true. And you're no longer the excuse. Well, people in the comments, let us know if you've been in this situation, something similar and what you decided to do. Um, Cause I mean, we only can speak from our two, That's our two it. stories, but uh, I'm curious what, what everyone else has been through. With and, I, and also, you know, keep us in 
in the loop what you do do. I know I moved out of the house when I was uh, 17 because I was given a job and I, and I was able to pull it off. Yeah. And I moved in with two roommates. We had a great time. You know, it was not out of out of anger with my parents or anything like that. But I remember a couple of years later, for some reason, I remember that either I was between a house or somewhere else and I went home for six months. And it was quite weird yeah, going, going back home. You really do realize once you go, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> you grow. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Number three. Jerry and FKS team. My boyfriend, Jack, 30 male, and I, Jill, 27 female, have been dating for a little over two years now. We moved in together a year ago, and it has been great. We both truly believe we are the ones for each other. We talk about marriage and engagements often, and I typically joke about finding rings on Instagram ads or having a whole Pinterest board dedicated to it. We both have full-time jobs and are able to afford all of our basic needs, but I do pay more of our expenses due to having a larger salary. One evening, he showed me some rings he'd, be looking, he'd been looking at online and they are beautiful, but not 100% what I was looking for. I gave some minor feedback on what I like, something unique, different, but it leaves me nervous that I won't end up liking the ring. I've told him to ask my sister and best friends too for advice. The other layer to this is that he is struggling to be able to save and afford this. I feel terrible that he has to carry this financial burden of having to purchase a ring. I told him I don't need anything expensive, maximum 2000 but I can't help but feel guilty about this financial burden he has to carry, but also direct him to the type of ring I want. Is it crazy to give him money for this? You know, um, far as supporting the house with him and doing this, uh, I think bravo. You know, you guys are a team. And, you know, we live in a world today that uh, everyone says about equality. And sometimes when we say it, you know, men for some reason are, are raised with this, this, this thought that they have to support the household and women at the same, same thing, sometimes even still carry that same thought that they expect their guy to be the, the breadwinner and most of the money. Yep. And it's a fallacy in today's world. Um, Sometimes it goes back and forth. Sometimes the man may have a job that will do really well. And there's sometimes that he will not be performing as he would wish to be. Yeah. And next thing you know, the woman, that's being a team. And it's not mine or yours or this. It's, you know, we do it together. If that's what we're going to grow to do. Yeah. You know, that's when you pick your mate. People have different values in, in a relationship or a marriage than than some people do. I'm glad that you are participating in the way that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. The ring, there's a lot of pressure that goes on a guy with the ring. Um, yes, you're not making a you're, you're not making a big deal about two thousand dollars in the in the scheme of it. Rather than give him money for the ring, you might say something. You could even do this, honey. I know that you're trying to buy the ring, and for the next couple of months, I'm going to take on more of the bills. So he doesn't feel that he is not providing you with the ring and you're just carrying off the burden of the, maybe some of those bills a little bit more. Either way, you accomplish your goal. Yeah, that's perfect. And 
he still knows what you, you know, he's trying to get you what you want. As long as it's, you know, within that reason that he can, you know, financially pull that off. That's my suggestion, how to do it, how to present it. Yeah. Well, and I, I love to see that he's already pulling up pictures and coming up with ideas. Like you guys are such a great team already. You can Mm -hmm. tell just from this paragraph we Mm -hmm. have. When it comes to the ring, I think, yes, the ring, it's, it's bigger. The ring represents something bigger than itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the perfect way to do it. You can take more of the burden. And there are a lot of people that do care about the ring mm-hmm. and they want a specific ring. And I don't think it's a terrible route to open that door a little bit more to have more of a dialogue about mm-hmm. like, more specifics about the ring itself mm-hmm. because then you just from a guy's perspective yeah i mean like you want to be like ha- pick out the perfect ring and have it be this amazing moment but at the same time you want to get this person that you're in a uh, basically in a team with you want to get them something that they truly love right but there is the stone and then there's the setting afterwards so Starting with the stone with a basic ring, you can always reformulate that. Remember, it's it's malleable metal. You can do whatever you want with it. So that's another thought. Here, here's a question I really have for you. Sure. And 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 you may may wonder this one too. How do you feel if the guy doesn't the guy have to go to your father first? Does that have anything in your minds? Maybe he already did. What do you think about this concept? Do you think that the the guy before he does the ring, he should really go to the father and ask the father what his... I mean, that's a, that's a time-old tradition. That is kind of a archaic, old-fashioned, and, you know, we're, we're keeping traditions alive. It's interesting to be a 27-year-old male in this generation because it's all you've ever seen in movies and TV shows. And it's all you've ever heard like the generation above you talk about. And I that's did how it. it is. Right. I, I had to do it. So it's just interesting because it like puts you in a spot where it feels like, yeah, you do it out of respect, mm-hmm. but there is also a, a part of it that feels a little old fashioned, you know, mm-hmm. just because of how everything in that kind of world's evolving. So, so this is interesting. When I was going to get engaged, she was really saying, "Are you you're going to go talk to my dad? You're going to go talk to my dad," because the thing to for, the thing was really about how it made her feel to know that I was going to have to face her father. It was interesting, the dynamic of the whole thing. It is. So it really wasn't about the father; it was really about the daughter getting to have the experience of what her fa- of of him going to her father to do it it was had nothing to do with really what he wanted yeah he could have cared less yeah i can see that it was interesting anyway the the best point here was the you take on more of the bills mm-hmm. take the little bit of the burden off him so he still feels like he can go fully do the ring and then you guys I, will run off into the sunset i think that's a great plan and don't forget if if, if he hears this whole thing uh, well, actually, he won't. <laughs> You're going to keep it from him. <laughs> You're going to keep it from him. Right. Well, anyways, we're rolling on. <laughs> okay. Next one. Number four. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I, 23 female, have always had a strained relationship with my parents. My parents have a very financial mindset and have used money to manipulate me and control my actions ever since I was a child. They also don't fully support my relationship. I met my fiance in high school and we have been dating for six years. They say they support us, but they continuously put him down, talk bad about him behind his back, and say we just don't know him well when they have met him plenty of times. My senior year of college, age 22, I decided to move in with my boyfriend, not fiance yet. My parents said that I can't Uh, They are decently religious, to which I responded that I believed it was important to live with someone before committing to a marriage. Their response was to fully financially cut me off before my senior year of college. I had to buy my car from them, pay them back for the car insurance they had already paid for, buy a phone, get on my own plan, and obviously cover rent, school, and food effective immediately. On top of this, they decided to not help us move into the new apartment, and, and they said they'd never visit a place we lived in together. So they never once visited our first apartment. My last year of college was so stressful, full of work, fear of going homeless if I couldn't make rent, or knowing I could go broke if I failed a class and had to go another semester. On top of this, my parents are shit-talking me and my decisions to my siblings and my other relatives. However, I'm not sure why it didn't cut them out of my life. I think it was the fear of losing connection with my younger siblings. When my boyfriend proposed, my mother could only focus on the fact that she wasn't there to see it and that it's not the type of proposal she would have wanted. It was literally on a beach and was gorgeous. And although my parents didn't seem supportive, they have offered a big sum of money to help with the wedding. That's my issue. I don't want to get into a situation where I'm being controlled by their money again. I feel I should turn down the money, but it's very hard to turn it down, especially when we are so poor and it would help so much. I need some fatherly advice on this whole situation. Well, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, some parents believe money is control and money is gift. A gift comes with no prerequisite. I mean, we call in our family the, the piss on it rule. You're going to give me something, give it to me on the piss on it rule. If you're not giving it with the piss on it rule, don't give it to me. And what that really means is that if I decide to go lift my leg on it, <laughs> you can't say a thing about it. Yeah. If I decide to take the gift and go do something different with it, 
that's my choice. There's no there's no bullets behind behind the gift. Sure. You got to be clear with your parents on your feeling. Now, I will tell you one thing. You're again, I am proud of some of these these young adults that are that are growing up very quickly and they're taking the responsibility. They're they're doing things on their own and they don't need anybody because they finally they are flying. Yep. Sometimes it's a parent's job to teach their teach their kids how to fly. And sometimes it's difficult to make them go on their own and do some of this stuff. But when when you finally do it, trust me, uh, parents feel a weight off their shoulder, not because the fact that they don't want to give you money. Because if they if you I know that when I have it, I want to give it to my kids. When I don't have it, it it's a struggle. But I know one thing about all my kids. They're all going to make it when I die. I could die tomorrow and I know that my kids are in great shape. And that to me makes me feel absolute relief. Okay. Because we're in a tough world today. Yep. And it gets tougher every day. And they're flying, each each one of them. I got three and they're all doing fantastic. So that all said, you need to have a conversation with your with your mom and dad and say, you know, I understand, you know, your, 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 your reluctance with this whole thing in the beginning, because it didn't come under, you know, your lifestyle. Right. But I am a different person than you. I'm a good person. I'm not a bad person. I'm not out stealing. I'm not out doing this. I'm not pulling guns on people. I'm not shooting up the world. I'm just trying to decide that the man that I'm going to be making my life with is really the guy I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have as my partner and do this and see how we re, you know react together under the same roof under the, the the world of stress and we've had it we've lived stress and we've made it and we're growing and we're going forward mm-hmm. and I would love to be able to have a wedding but if you write a check for this bear in mind we're taking your gift, but there's no control here. And if your gift comes with a rubber band, meaning that you're going to pull it back, I mean, let's let's talk about trust. You bought me a car. I didn't have to worry about it. Next thing I know is I, I got to write a check to pay you back for the car. I got to pay you back for insurance because you got pissed off. Yep. That's not a lot of trust. So let's be clear about the rubber band effect. Yes. And let's be clear about the piss on it rule. Because I, I want to do the best job I can to 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 do everything the way that, that I want to. And if you have a suggestion on something that I should do, by by all means, mom, I want to hear your suggestion. Dad, I want to hear your suggestion. Yeah. But you only have to give me the suggestion once and then let it go. Let's see what I do with it. Either I'm going to use it or I'm not going to use it. And I don't want to not use it because I'm rebelling because you keep pounding me on it. So it, this is about all of us understanding the rules before we get involved with it. Yeah. And I think that's the way you should do it. And that's the way I'd approach it. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, you just hope that the money doesn't, doesn't give the parents an all access card to control the entire You're going to stop that right in the beginning. Right. We're putting a cap on that right now. That's just not going to happen. Well, and she says in the 
uh, additional info. Let the record show that I am seeking therapy to set boundaries with my parents. There it is. Look at that. But I still think it's super helpful to hear a father's advice because I haven't been able to receive that for quite a while. Well, I'm here for you. You can get a father's advice anytime you need it. But yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's pretty rough just to have, you know, parents try and cut you down so Mm -hmm. quick like that. I understand uh, when you kind of need to financially move on Mm -hmm. and, and start flying. But the way that this all went down was just not cool. So yes, it it needs to be very clear going into this because you really shouldn't have to turn this down. Mm-mm. You got to you want to go have this amazing day and do it right. And also, trust me, they want to be a part of it too. It means a lot to them. But you got to just set set the understanding of what this really is. Yeah, and I think once you do that, this is going to help you guys go forward. And and I'm sure your your uh, your therapist, if you play this for your therapist, I think they'll see the same thing that you set the set set that boundary exactly what it is. Especially as you said, we're going for boundaries. Right, I know. And as I was reading this, it literally popped into my head that all of a sudden they offered a big sum of money to help with the wedding. I'm like okay, where where did this whole thing flip? Where all of a sudden are they supporting now? Or is it like you're saying here, just another way to come in and start manipulating this? Two things. First of all, they're delighted she's getting married and she won't be in sin. Remember, they're, they're religious. They're worried about the spiritual health of their child. You know, there's all this, this other stuff going on here. So there's different dynamics. At the end of the day, they still want to be they're, they're, They want to see their daughter have a wonderful wedding. It's not always out of evil. It's just that they have they are controlling parents. They're taking care of their kid and they're watching over. And they don't know how to ease up a little bit sometimes. Yeah, you know it's it's different some parents than to other parents. You know, I I remember, and I'm going to tell a quick story. Morgan was four years old going to school. She loved going. We went to another school. She hated it. She didn't want to go to school. She was five. And I went to the school, and she she said, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And I walked in and said, what's going on? And they said, she just has to learn, you know, um, to listen, or she has to learn to be obedient or something like whatever word they were using. And I looked at it, and I said, sorry, my daughter is very bright. (laughs) She knows when she likes to go somewhere. And she knows, and it turned out Morgan said that they were mean to her. And there was, you know, about nap time and Morgan would have to go to the bathroom. They wouldn't let her go to the bathroom and they caused her issues. And so there was something clearly going on that yeah, wow. I, I felt in two seconds and I said, she's out of here. And I walked in they said, you know, they looked at me like I was a horrible father. I was, led, I was being led by the, you know, the tail that wagged the dog. <laughs> and, and I said, that's not the case. My daughter is plenty smart. And I've always trusted Morgan and knew that, you know, generally she made good decisions. Now, there, that wasn't always the truth. I mean, she had yes. 16, she mixed up with kids with, you know, I found alcohol in her car. But, you know, beside that, you know, a couple little, you know, indiscretions where I went a little ballistic, um, you know, I let her make her own choices. And, yeah. just, and some parents have a tough time with that. Yeah, so this one, we need an update. But we have to move on. Okay, let's go. Moving right along. 
I'm here. Train's not stopping. Okay. So I, 21 female, have been dating my boyfriend, G, 21 male, for almost two years now. We met and began talking during the very beginning of the pandemic and began dating when I moved back to Florida a few months later. We now have a dog together and moved into a beautiful apartment by the beach just about a year ago. Now, I know that no relationship is perfect, but ours is very far from it, and I don't know if it's fixable. We come from very different backgrounds. G comes from money, and his grandparents pay for his half of the rent. I, on the other hand, do not come from money. I have to work 30 plus hours a week to be able to pay my bills and my portion of the rent, which I know is not a ton of hours, but I'm also a full-time college student. I feel like I have no time to have fun and enjoy my college experience while still being able to afford the lifestyle him and his family want us to live. He wants to go on vacations, but gets upset when I tell him I can't afford it or I can't afford to take that much time off work. He paid my portion of the rent one month because my student loan didn't come in quick enough and I haven't been in a safe place financially to be able to pay him back and still pay my bills. He holds this over my head daily, even calling me a bum many, many times because I haven't been able to pay him back. He has told me that I am sucking him dry and all I do is leech off him. I have tried my best to pay him back in many ways, like starting a payment plan or buying all of our groceries for a few months, but he just tells me he can't trust me because I haven't paid him back. It's just heartbreaking because I gave everything up and put myself in not the best financial situation so that we could live the life we have been wanting to live. And now I feel like he is not the person I thought he was, and I'm not even sure if I love him anymore. I don't know if I should stay in this situation and try to work out our troubles, but it seems every time I try to have a heart-to-heart with him, he either shuts down or calls me horrendous names. I am just so young, and I couldn't imagine this being my forever, but breaking our lease is extremely expensive, and I don't want to screw him over and leave him to fend for himself. I just don't know what to do. Any advice helps. Thanks. Well, not healthy. No. And uh, how long did you say they've been together? Two years. So you're at the part now where this is what you see is what you get. And... Um, you're out of the honeymoon phase and this is the way he behaves. And he himself obviously doesn't understand what stress is because his family has been wonderful enough to let him have a life without it. Yes. He may think he has stress. He doesn't have a clue. Um, his stress is when you can't go on vacation. (laughs) His stress is when there might be saying, well, is she paying her portion? We have no idea what it, what's going on on the other side. Needless to say, this is not a life that anyone wants to live. When you're uh, working together, I think you've had, heard this the show from the beginning, we talk about participation together, building one another, um, encouraging one another, giving each other you know love where you can laugh with one another, even though it's stress. And whatever it is, you guys are working, working through the problem together, not out of negativity, but out of love and reassurance. Yes. Um, I don't feel that here. Do you feel that love and reassurance? No. I'm, I'm, not, have, I'm uh, not feeling that vibe on, from this couple. So on that note, um, I think you need to walk. And 
yeah, it's going to be tough to go on your own or find another roommate um, because obviously he is not the guy that you need to to build this life with. I mean, if you're worried about the lease and, and doing it responsibly, uh, tell him he needs to find another roommate and let him know that this is what's happening. I mean, he's going to, he's, he might snap into shape for, you know, for, for a few weeks and clean up his act. But I mean, you got a good example of, of what he is. He's, he's already betrayed that trust and that. And, and you're right. I have, you said, quote, I don't know if I love him anymore. Well, how can you love a guy that's not giving you encouragement that wants to bring you down, wants to demoralize you? This, if this is what he goes on in his family, that that's, that's what they do to him. He's going to do it to you. And he is doing it to you already. Most importantly is your health, your mental health. And this isn't good for your mental health. No. And he is not, he is not good as your, as your, your partner. So if you guys are able to figure out roommate situations temporarily until something should change or something different, he I just can't imagine him to be your lover, especially when he treats you the way that he's treating you. Yes. So Okay. Ready for a rare father knows, but also Justin hot take yeah. on Father Knows. Sure. Usually I'm pretty chill in here. Okay. I think this is a very fine example of a male being very privileged, entitled, and immature at the age of 21. Mm -hmm. And I think this now is a nice little learning lesson for you because this is one of those relationships you have at the age of 21 that teaches you what you want to avoid in the future. Mm -hmm. You're going to have so many red flags from this that this guy is just like, he can go ruin someone else's life. You, on the other hand, at 21 are working 30 hours a week, mm -hmm. going to school, mm -hmm. still keeping up with your bills, mm -hmm. and then he's going to pay rent for one month and hold it over your head? Of course you're not in love with him. This is the biggest joke of a person I've ever heard. And yes, I know that there must have been something between you two and some love and respect to get to the two-year mark. Mm -hmm. But we're not there at life and in life anymore. This is a quick move on. This is so easy. This is this is the definition of happiness versus not. Right. And I just like, I wouldn't even spend another second there. And I also wouldn't even care to find, if he's calling you horrendous names, I wouldn't even care to find a replacement. Your name's on the lease. You deal with it. I'm out of here. Well, I don't know if her, if her name's on the lease too. That, that's an interesting question. I mean, that's what I said. I, it we don't know where her name is on this thing. If if it's all him, she can walk. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be out. But we do know the relationship is is done. Well, and they even say there are many other issues in our relationship, which is not a surprise. This is just the main one that has been weighing on me. And the ideal outcome is just to be happy again and enjoy my college experience. And how you do that is you be realistic about the money you're making Take, draw back your lifestyle a little bit. Mm -hmm. You'll get there, but you're also trying to get yourself through college. So dial it back, get some friends with some less expensive habits, and then get this weight off your shoulder. I agree. That's all I got. Very good. We got one more? Last one. Okay. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm recovered now. Okay, calm down. Breathe. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out. Have a sip of that pineapple. It's just juice. There's nothing fun in here. Oh, good. Okay. Hi, Jerry. I'm a 19-year-old female who's home from college for the summer, and I'm having trouble getting along with my parents, specifically my dad. I've had a pretty healthy relationship with my parents my whole life. But somewhere my dad really lacks an understanding is how serious my mental health problems are. I've communicated to him recently how my depression and anxiety has gotten really bad out of nowhere. I take medication for it and I'm pretty good at keeping up with it. So I really don't know why I'm feeling so badly. He tries in his own way to help me, but he isn't grasping that there's not a lot anyone can do to make me feel better. There is, however, things people can do to keep me from feeling worse. Something I really don't like talking about is how much I should be working this summer. I have two jobs that I work six days a week, plus a babysitting and princess performing gig for children's parties as side hustles. I'm really trying to make money this summer, and I'm so unbearably anxious about it. My dad knows this, but thinks it's helpful to bring up multiple times a day how I need to be working more. The places I work typically don't schedule me until about 12 p.m., and I think he's very stuck in the mindset of 9 to 5 days. The thing is, if I go in at 12, I'm usually there until 8 p.m. or later. So I'm getting the hours in, the schedule is just a bit shifted. He doesn't understand this, and I feel like no matter what I do, it isn't good enough. I'm so confused about what he wants from me because last night I broke down in front of him about how stressed I am trying to juggle everything and how I feel like I'm in over my head. And his exact words were, it's okay to be selfish sometimes and take time for yourself. And now today I got lectured again about how I need to work more. I've tried to tell him this situation is a hot button for me and that constantly telling me I'm do not doing enough isn't going to help at all. It's just going to make my mental state worse than it already is. When I do this, he gets very upset that I can't talk about things like an adult, and he hates it if I say I need to step back from the conversation. I'm not an angry person. I don't yell like I did when I was younger. I very calmly say, this is beginning to be too much for me. I need to step back. And he sees that as a sign of disrespect. I'm at a loss right now. I don't know how to communicate to him in a way that would reach his mind for my sake. The topic of working needs to be dropped. I know he's just trying to help, but it doesn't do anything for me, and I'm exhausted every time I talk to him. What should I do? You have obviously had this conversation with him. 
and it you're beating your head against the wall. At least that's the way it sounds to me. Mm-hmm. Um, does she go to a, a if if she's getting meds, she's got to shrink. She's she's got a uh, psychologist working with her, or a psychiatrist, or you can't get the meds. So I'm going to imagine for that question, you must have someone that you're seeking counseling from. And if that is if that is the case, you need to drag your dad to the counselor with you. And you have to have the counselor uh, w- along with your da- along with yourself in a conversation with your dad, explain what's going on because it's it's not making you healthier. It's making you um, it's compounding the problem. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you are working. You're doing everything you can. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't see where you're not performing to do what you can do. He is being. It sounds like irrational where he says, take time, go find your time for yourself, relax, breathe. And then 10 minutes later, he's all over you putting pressure on you. Yeah. It, it, how can you function normally like that? Right. So, um, if you're not seeing a counselor, I don't know how you're getting the meds. So I'm going to, again, I'm going to go back and I'm assuming you're seeing a, you're seeing a counselor or a therapist and you got to get, you guys got to go in for a dual session. So you can bring this up to your dad and you can get him to, for your own health to, to back off because he's not listening to you to do it. Yeah. When I, I, in reading the ideal outcome, I do think it's coming from a good place. Mm-hmm. She says, I want to have a mature and calm conversation with him about letting this topic go. He really does think he's doing something helpful by nagging me like a normal parent does, but I'm not a normal kid. Right now, I'm extremely emotional, drained, and vulnerable, and I just need him to trust me that I'm working my hardest this summer. I love my dad, and he is the most amazing man I'll ever know. I just need to get over this hurdle with him before it begins to damage our relationship. And I got a question. What makes you think it's normal for someone to nag you? I think just in that general sense of like, you know, someone giving you that little push when you need it when in this case she really doesn't as a parent in more of a guiding way to say, here you go, but also not realizing how much she's actually doing because she's had this conversation in a calm fashion without yelling, without screaming, without the thing. I go back to saying we need to go to a joint session. Yeah. Because this is part of the, this is, it's becoming a problem. Yeah. He may not be your problem, but he is now becoming a problem. <laughs> and right. you love him. And you don't mean anything bad by this, but you guys got to get on the same page. Yes. And, you know, it it probably could be both sides. I think that the conversation could probably be handled better on both sides. Mm-hmm. And I also think that having a third party will just help him realize just how much you are doing mm-hmm. and that, you know, if he does think he's helping, mm-hmm. he's really hurting. So yeah. to just to have someone kind of I agree. Guide guide to guide it because that. because the mother isn't there to do it. She otherwise she would have said my she would have said the words, you know, my mom is is trying to intercede and trying to help and we're not getting anywhere. But she didn't bring her she said my parents are are having a problem, primarily my father, but her mother isn't there to back her up. Doesn't have the the strength or the the communication with her husband to do it together, where they can where they can find this happy place. Yeah. So we go back to the fact 
I, I, I'm going to believe there's a psychologist involved or a psychiatrist because of, because of the meds mm -hmm. and do a joint session or, th or with all parents, you know, the, all three of them yeah, to, to be there and have a conversation because I think it would be healthy for, will be a good healthy outcome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's it. So that's it for our show. And we want to thank you for joining us for number 32. And again, thanks a lot. Have a great week and come check us out on our Patreon and don't forget subscribe. Uh, we love when you press that button. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.